He was a three-time NBA champion with the Lakers. Um, look, a fun fact, he was actually traded back to the Celtics in 2004 along with Gary Payton and a future draft pick that turned out to be Rajon Rondo. Pretty decent. Mm. Um, he actually opted to retire and didn't take the court um, again with Boston. So pre- and post-career, you may have seen him on a show or three. Um, he's been in anything from the likes of Blue Chips, Eddie, Peacock Game, Oz, One Tree Hill, and even Dancing with the Stars. Um, and now, boys, I wasn't going to talk that long about a player and not show a bobblehead. So there you go, Woods. Got a bit of a, a Rick Fox bobblehead there. Um, nice. He's pretty happy to be on the show, actually. So, yeah, it's my little bit of a, a Lakers thing today. And I know you're probably wearing one of the goats of the Lakers there, Woods. So why don't you tell everyone, we'll show everyone what you're wearing today. Yeah, sure. I'll stand up. Why don't you tell everyone? Yeah. Right. So Woody's rocking the famous number 33 Abdul-Jabbar jersey. Loving that jersey. What is that, a Mitchell and Ness Woods? That the Lakers had as well, you know? Just that a Mitchell and Ness, that one? Uh, yes, Mitchell and Ness. Yeah, yep. nice and expensive ones. Yep. Um, so, Coops, maybe I'll throw it over to you. How much does Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the baller formerly known as Lou Alcindor, mean to the history of basketball and, and the Lakers dynasty, right? Look, I mean, in terms of Kareem, you know, he's one of the guys that you could arguably say is a GOAT. Or is that, you know, is the GOAT. Um, you know, he's... Obviously, currently the all-time scoring leader, you know, multiple-time champion, uh, multiple-time MVP. Uh, you know, he came to the Lakers and, you know, was kind of the first piece of that Showtime Lakers. Um, you know, won five championships with us. Um, he's, you know, clearly one of the all-time greats and, and a, significant, a significant piece of Laker history. Do you reckon Coopsy maybe doesn't get the respect he does just with the way he kind of looked at the end of his career? I always kind of think that. It's like the Phil Smythe theory when he played in the NBL. People kind of found his appearance funny at the end. And yeah, he did look funny sort of thing. But he doesn't get mentioned in those goat um, conversations as often as he should, I reckon. I mean, you know, the, the, era, the era that's, yeah, older than us, they'd, they'd probably think Kareem's the goat. Yeah, um, 100%. And, you know, they have a strong argument. So. Best ever college player by a mile too. Yeah. Yeah. You talk about the social justice movement in the 60s and the 70s and the activism that he did off the court. He's often a regular contributor to discussions around race and religion. So forget about what he's achieved on the court. He's done a lot off the court as well. Um, and then later on in life, moving into writing for TV shows and acting in the film and TV industry. So a really good friend of Bruce Lee. So there's so much about Kareem that's interesting outside of basketball, you know? Like, it's one of those guys that basketball wasn't everything to him. He had so much going on outside of the game, right? Absolutely. All right, so I think, Coops, now that we have you on the show today, I thought let's just get into a bit of Lakers talk and, and, and just have a little bit, you know, what we like to do here, we, we like to chop it up with our guests. So are you ready? Let's chop it up? Let's do it. All right, all right. So I want to have a little chat to you about your love for basketball and then go into some Lakers talk. So as you know, a question we have for all of our guests is how you initially got into basketball. And also, secondly, tell us how that led to your love for the LA Lakers. Sure. So uh, a, a friend of mine, uh, he's, he's, he wasn't playing any sport and his mum was encouraging him to play a sport. It would have been 1988, so I was in year four. Uh, and he asked me if, if I would play, uh, you know, a bit of company. Uh, so I asked my mum and she said, sure. Uh, so we, uh, we we signed up. And to be honest with you, that, that changed my life. Um, I really sort of stopped playing any other sport not long after that. Um, and 
really become obsessed with basketball. Um, in terms of how I become a Lakers fan, so, you know, in that, the late 80s and the early 90s, you know, the Lakers were still coming to the end of their, uh, end of that sort of showtime era. Um, and I wasn't so much a Lakers fan as opposed to, like, I was young, I was more a fan of players. Um, and, you know, I love Magic. Um, but, you know, I like Jordan and, you know, just all those sort of um, popular guys from that era. Uh, and then Sh when Shaq joined the league, uh, there's just something about him. He was new and fresh. Uh, you know, he's in movies and, you know, he's in, he was into hip hop and yeah, rapping. Um, yeah. I just, yeah, I just, I just, I just really, really liked watching him play just how dominant he was, but also, you know, he's a sort of a fun loving guy and he's always sort of mucking around and, you know, as a young, as a young guy, that was just really appealing to me. Um, but I, still, I wouldn't say I was an Orlando Magic fan. I was still just sort of a fan of, 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 of Shaq and other players. Um, but as I got a little bit older, um, you know, I, I, I really started following Shaq closely. And, and shortly after that, he moved to the Lakers. Um, and, and, and that was sort of it. I, um, I, I become a Lakers fan uh, from that point. Um, and, and, you know, I've, I've watched them through thick and thin. You know, I've watched them win titles. You know, I've watched them have, you know, under 20, 20 win seasons. Um, Someone say Smush Parker. Yeah, Smush Parker, <laughs> yes, I was about to say. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that that that's that's how how I uh, become a Lakers fan. Now that's brilliant. Great, great to hear. I guess um, let's talk about that a little bit more, right? Um, so we wanted to chat to you about the Lakers and the current state of things with the team, right? At the time of recording, we are what Sunday, the eleventh of December. Uh, the Lakers are currently. 10 and 15, correct me if I'm wrong there, Coop, and they lost to Philly yesterday. Yeah. Do you think they can turn things around this season after a tumultuous start? I think, um, I think they can turn things around in terms of, um, you know, being a, like maybe a playing team or I don't think they can probably get to sixth um, or fifth, but I think they can. I think they can potentially make the playoffs. Uh, the roster, as has been discussed so many times, is hasn't been constructed. Um, well, it hasn't been constructed around LeBron in in a weird way. If 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 you watch the way the Lakers play, when they play with a lot of pace and a lot of tempo, they're much better. Um, which sort of suits the way. It's, it's it's almost like they were constructed around Russ, which was clearly unintentional. But that when they play with that really quick pace, uh, they're they're much more efficient. Um, LeBron's more, he'll hold the ball, look to get into the lane and, and, and score or, or penetrate. And we just had to have guys that can stand there and shoot. Um, they need to shoot off the dribble or, or get to the bucket. Um, and so the pace, as we've got, as we've, as we've been, as our records improved, it's because the pace is much quicker. Um, having said that, you know, you can't rely on, on AD and LeBron to, to sort of, string enough games together yeah where we can where we can you know really i mean we're, we're, i think we're about four games out of fourth place in the west but theoretically if if, if we could get everyone on to, to consistently play i'd say yeah absolutely we could we can get up into that position when we can't win a title there's no doubt about that but we could we could we could certainly be a playoff team but um i think in reality Maybe a play-in team is, is, is probably the, the best we can hope. And, and, and 
I mean, once you're in, who knows? And what about AD there, Coop? I know you've had a bit of a love-hate relationship with him there. I know it can be pretty frustrating. You know, I think he played five minutes and went off with the flu or something the other day. But yeah. he's certainly not built like the you know the players in the in the past were built like. Um, you know, mentally, physically, there. Do you sort of what do you think? Do you think he can sort of last out the season, or have you got doubts about that? Uh, look, I've got significant doubts. Mm. Um, I mean, when he plays. And he strings some games together. He's been you great, could, isn't he? Yeah, you, you could argue he's one of the best. He's, he's one of the best players in the league. Mm. Um, I mean, the other day against Milwaukee, you're playing against Lopez and Giannis, who are you know two of the best defensive interior players in the league. Um, and he, I mean, AD dominated them. Yeah. Um, but you know, he, he he doesn't have that. To me, he doesn't have that sort of dog in him. Uh, where, instinct. Yeah, where he wants to go and dominate like a season and just really, um, you know, if if he's hurt or if he if he's feeling pain, push through that. Um, but I mean, in terms of his talent, it's 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 undeniable. But he is he he is a frustrating player to some degree. Well, over the last month, let me just give you his stats. Right, he's shooting sixty four percent from the field. 86% from the free throw line, 31.2 points, 14.1 rebounds, 1.3 steals, and 2.6 blocks. Those are pretty gaudy numbers, man. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's big. And, and just before we move on, Coops, Coach Darvin Ham gave Russell Westbrook um, an ultimatum, said you're going to come off the bench, you need to con- contribute with that second unit. It's really heartwarming to see him having embraced that role and actually making an impact there on that team, right, when he was struggling for quite a while. You now now see the, the the talk around Westbrook in the media has, has quietened down quite a lot since since he's made that transformation. Correct? Absolutely, and it, I think it I think it comes down to as I was saying before, limiting the amount of time he plays with LeBron, simply because he's not a guy that's going to catch the ball, shoot it, and, and hit shots. Uh, he, he needs to shoot off the dribble. He need he, obviously he's somewhat ball dominant, um, but when there's guys moving and cutting. Um, and that second unit, you know, you got Austin Reeves and yep. um, some of those, you know, some of those younger guys that he's playing with. There's a lot of ball movement. He's far more, he's far more, um, you know, efficient and effective uh, for us. Um, so yeah, I mean that that move has been has been brilliant for him. His body language and everything else seems good. He seems to be enjoying himself playing, doesn't he? Obviously, been you know putting up some big numbers. He's had what two triple doubles in a row, I think, last couple yep. of games. But yeah, I wanted to sort of ask you as well, um, Coops, about a little bit about sort of the, the players and the team that could have been with the Lakers there. Um, so I wanted to see your thoughts on this. I mean, some might say the Lakers sort of mortgaged their um, their team a little bit to get that 2019 championship. And look, Woods, that's clearly something that you and I have no experience in as Hawks fans, right? So yep. we don't even know what it's even like to be in a position to do that. But just wanted to throw some names at you there of sort of players they've had over the time there. So I guess, you know, these are some of the players they've ultimately given up um, to sort of get that team and, and now sort of be struggling a little bit. So um, so Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart and Brandon Ingram were in the, the Davis trade. Um, they gave up Zubats to Mike Moose Muscala in what may be one of the worst trades in the last 10 years. Um, they let my boy Julius Randle go for nothing. Um, D'Angelo Russell and Alex Caruso all win. Um, they traded your boy Kyle Kuzma as well as Jordan Clarkson. So... For me, it feels like they're kind of left with very little young talent. Um, obviously, Larry Nance like, as well, yeah. Uh, yeah, Larry Nance, yeah. yeah. In fact, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, left with a young, uh, you know, not very um, very talented young team, an ageing team, in fact, and, and not a lot of good future draft picks. So what are your sort of thoughts on, on that scenario? 
Look, in terms of um, some of those players, obviously have turned out to be outstanding. Uh, at the Lakers, they, you, I mean, you, Julius Randle, you could clearly see his potential. Uh, same with Brandon Ingram. I don't think anyone thought Clarkson would end up being what he is now with the Lakers. Like he, he was, mm. he was a good player at the Lakers, and um, maybe Zubats too, right? Like it's easy for us to say it now. But, that's right. Yeah. Uh, my, my, my main. My main frustration with the moves is is why we didn't run back that championship team. Um, you know, KCP's gone. Um, they got rid of Dwight, Dwight and JaVale McGee for uh, for um, Marcus Gasol. You know, turned out to be not a um, a, a great um, decision. Um, but ultimately, I mean, the Russ trade, even though he's been good for us, we would have had Caruso. We would have had Kuzma, we would have had KCP, and we would have had DeMar DeRozan. Because uh, DeMar DeRozan was all but signed. Um, so you take those four, they're all no longer there, and we've got, we got Russ. Um, I think that's, to me, that's the, uh, that's the most frustrating part of it. Mm. Um, but certainly, I mean, you know, there's some incredible talent. You know, that's, that's all due to some very, very lean years of the Lakers, uh, where we accumulated... You know, a lot of, you know, top two, three picks. Um, they draft really, really well in the, in, in the second round or the back end of the back end of the first. Um, that's where we've got Nance and we've got uh, Josh, Josh Hart, right? Kuzma, yeah. guys like that. Um, so, so, yeah, they, they've drafted well to some degree. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the main, my main frustration is just uh, not running back that championship team at all, really. They really sort of dismantled a lot of that. And within a couple of years, there's only two players left from that. Um, and I think that uh, that never really made sense to me why we'd do that. Hey, stick it down that championship team as well. Rondo hasn't been sort of heard of. Is nah. he like officially retired? What's his story? Not retired yet. I think someone might pick him up um, towards the end of the year on, on a championship run. But he's he's going to make that easy transition into, into the coaching reins yeah. after he's finished playing. But what you guys mentioned was very apt because... That championship team, Coop, you had, you know, AD and, and LeBron, you had some great role players surrounding them, right? And a lot of yeah. these guys, let's forget about Ingram and D. Ross and some of those others. Some of the role players that have been traded away, like Josh Hart, you know, you sp- speak of there. You know, these guys could have helped around um, around a couple of superstars, and, and that's what builds championships. So um, definitely, yeah, as you said, guys like KCP, Kuzma, et cetera, right? Yeah. You know how much you love KCP, Woods? Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Well, Coops, you know I gave you a little bit of homework coming on this show, didn't you? So, look, for everyone out there, um, the LA Times actually did a pretty interesting experiment recently and they named the, the best 75 Lakers of all time there, which is actually pretty good reading, so I encourage people to you know, jump online and sort of have a look at that there. So um, what we thought we'd do, we thought we'd sort of get you to name your top 10 um, best Lakers of all time, and we've also got a throwback Coops one, which we can sort of compare with as well. So... Um, obviously, you know, it was pretty hard doing it with that many sort of legends on one team. But why don't you take us away? I don't know. Do you want to start at one or do you want to start at ten? What do you? It's entirely up to you. You're a special guest. Let's, let's start at one. Okay. All right. But while, you, while you're that. doing that, guys, while you're doing that, I might just bring up a little picture we have of the... Is this some artwork that you put together in your spare time there, Woods, or what? <laughs> there oh, you fun. go. The top 75 Lakers of all time, just all while right. Coops is going through his top ten. Take it away, right? All right, so uh, my number one is uh, Magic. Um, I just think that he he epitomises the Lakers 
you know, that showtime, flashy um, sort of aura that the Lakers have. Um, he He's a five-time champion. Um, you know, even, even to this day, you know, if the Lakers are playing at fast-paced, they'll refer to it and, and playing good basketball, you know, they'll refer to it as showtime. Um, and, you know, he's, what he's also done for the Lakers off the court, you know, he was, well, he wasn't a great coach, but he had a short stint as coach. You know, he was... Um, President of, of, of operations for and essentially delivered LeBron. Um, I just think that he he sort of uh, when when I think of the Lakers anyway, he's the first player that, that comes to mind. Cool. No, keep it going. We'll sort of read ours. I was going to maybe sort of say who we are, but I reckon okay. you do yours and then we'll sort of read ours right. as well. Yeah. Number two for me is Kareem. Uh, for reasons I said before, um, you know. A dominant center, um, you know, Magic's Magic's. Uh, I wouldn't say sidekick, but you know, they 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 were one and one, you know, one and one. Um, again, yeah, one one five titles with the Lakers, um, all time scoring leader. Um, yeah, I just I just think it's hard hard pressed to say. In, in my view, Kareem isn't isn't sort of in the top two. Uh, for me, three is. The big Aristotle, uh, Shaq, my favourite ever player. Some controversy with that number three, my, right? Yeah. My favourite ever player, the most the most dominant player to ever play in the NBA. You know, just a just a like a physical specimen, like a freak. Mm. Um, you know, three time Finals MVP. Um, just, just, just to me, I think, you know, people are going to argue Kobe because he was there for longer. But I, in, in my view, I don't think there's any, ever ever any doubt that in their primes, Shaq was just a better basketball player than, than Kobe, more dominant player. Um, so Shaq's number three for me. Four is Kobe. Um, you know, 20 years with the Lakers, five-time champion. Um, you know, um, the, the one thing I would – I suppose I'm a Shaq guy, um, but the one thing I would say about Kobe is – he, he could be somewhat frustrating to watch at times. Um, very, very ball dominant. Um, you know, there's, there's points in times where Bynum and Gasol sort of dominating inside, but, but, but Kobe would be putting up uh, jumpers from the perimeter. Um, but there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no question. He's an absolute all-time great, and you know, one of the one of the one of the Laker greats. And Coop, we should also say he once had a cat named Kobe as well. I did. Yeah, I did. That, that is true. Yeah. That is true. Uh, number five is for me is Jerry West. Um, I think if Jerry West won more titles, I don't think there'd be any doubt he'd be number one mm-hmm. uh, through what he's done as um, player, coach, general manager. Um, he's probably, you know, no better general manager in the history of the game. Um, so what he, what he means to the Lakers as, as, as a whole is obviously incredible. Um, but one one title... Um, and, and yeah, lost multiple to the Celtics and the Knicks. Um, did hurt him in, in, in my rankings just a little bit. Uh, number six is LeBron. Um, <clears throat> that might be a little high for some people. Uh, I think he's probably the best player to ever play for the Lakers. But in terms of Laker, Laker um, history, uh, he's only won one title. He's missed the playoffs uh, the rest of the time. Um, 
but just 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 his his greatness and the fact that he's on the Lakers, I you know I needed to put him put him fairly high. Uh, number seven um, is Elgin Baylor, uh, obviously before our time, but they never won a chip. Uh, however, averaged you know over thirty points you know many times. I think he nearly averaged nearly thirty eight points a game uh, for a season. Um, you know, if you've got a statue at the front of Staples Center or, you know, crypto, as they call it now, um, you know, you've got to be in the top 10. Uh, He's so a bit forgotten about, too, isn't he? Unfortunate that when they actually won that championship, right, he retired early in that season, right? So That's right. He did. Really sad. He did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number eight for me is Powell, Powell Gasol. Big fan of Powell. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he, was a, he, was, he was Kobe's sidekick for... for uh, for a couple of championships, um, he, you know, three straight NBA finals they made, one, two. Um, you know, just a, 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 a really, really great teammate, an underrated player um, in terms of what he brought to the league. Um, you know, I think sometimes players sort of, certainly American-born players viewed him as trying to be soft. I mean, there was games where KG would talk kind of, Trying to intimidate him in those finals, um, but he, he he stood up to KG and um, yeah, had a fantastic career for the Lakers. KG was trying to pick on the white guy. That's, <laughs> that's shocking. Uh, number nine for me is James Worthy. Um, so you know, huge part of of, of the Showtime Lakers, um, probably our greatest our greatest sort of era. Um, you know, ran that break for for, for Magic. Um, and just, just you know, it was it was it was a dominant sort of um, third piece that uh, you know on any given night could 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 be their main guy. Um, and number ten, I think this will probably be a little controversial too, but for me that's AD. Um, wow, I, he's won, he's won a chip. Uh, he, he's an elite talent, and I think some of that is is potential too in terms of he's going to be a Laker for. A number of years, um, and you know, there's, there's there was other guys there that had sort of you could you could throw in, but um, hadn't won a chip. Um, and but I think that what what he's done and what he's going to do into the future, I think he probably deserves to be in the top ten. There's some other guys, uh, special mentions. You know, you got Wilt, obviously, but he come to us uh, not in his prime. You know, won one chip. Um, but we've got AD in his prime. Um, so I think he will end up being more to us than, than probably what Will was. Uh, and then George Mikan, uh, way before our time, probably quite deservedly could be in the top 10, but I just didn't see it, didn't see him play, obviously, and, and, and um, but wanted to mention him as certainly one of our great players. No Jordan Farmer on that list or Chris Mim or any of those guys? <laughs> I was a big Lamar Odom fan back in the day, but uh, he didn't make the cut either. Nice. No, that was a good exercise. I'm just looking at some of these, you know, players on this picture. It's a great graphic as well. There, you obviously definitely run everything. You know, Byron Scott's probably another one as well that you know would be probably be close to that list, wouldn't he? Sure. What he achieved there. No, I appreciate that, Coops. Well, you did well with your homework. I think we'll give him an A plus for that, Woods. What do you reckon? Hundred percent. Really good research. Well done, Coops. 
definitely. And look, Woods and I spent countless hours. No, we didn't spend that long, but we sort of put together our top 10. Look, there's a few differences to Coop's list. Um, I guess the top three was probably the ones you could argue there. I think we mentioned all three of them have won five championships, right? So in um, in Magic, Kareem and Kobe. So uh, Woody and I, so the throwback Coop's all-time top 10 Lakers. We've got Kareem at number one. I won't sort of go through all the stuff we've spoken about. But yeah, Kareem at number one. Uh, we've got Magic at number two. Kobe at number three, Jerry West at number four. We've got Coop's man, Shaq at number five, Elgin Baylor at six, uh, LeBron at seven. What did you have LeBron at? I had LeBron at six. Six, okay, yeah. so pretty similar there. Um, George Mike and we had at eight. Yeah, I agree with what Coop said. It's hard, you know, we haven't actually seen someone. That's purely just going off to the stats. It's true. Yeah, exactly. Um, big game, James Worthy at nine. Um, they had uh, Powell, who obviously I mentioned I was a huge fan of at 10 there. So, yeah, look, apologies were pretty similar. Um, Will Chamberlain, you know, a few people might almost be surprised that neither of us have had them in the list. But, you know, he won one ring there, but he wasn't there that long. Like Coop said, he wasn't the sort of a tail end of his career. So it's probably not that, you know, outrageous to have someone like AD in front of him there. Um, Gail Goodrich was also another one, you know, didn't, you know, before our time, but had some great stats there. Um, and also sort of Michael Cooper as well. And I've always said to you, you've got to get a Michael Cooper jersey, like a number <laughs> yeah. 21 Lakers jersey. But, yeah, he won five rings, you know, as mentioned Byron Scott as well there. So, no, I enjoy doing that. Um, Wood's a bit of a, a fun exercise there. But, yeah, as I said, I encourage people to sort of check out that article, the LA Times Top 75. I think guys like J.A. Adande and a few other people were sort of involved in in doing that. It was quite independent. They had people sort of putting their votes. So if you have a look at that as well, Woods, there's some people, some crazy people who got votes. Like Jordan Farmer actually got a vote from someone in the top 75. And there was a, a few other random ones like that. But no, nice. Maybe we can do that for another team one day. We reckon we'd like our list on Throwback Coop. Yeah, definitely. And that was a really good exercise and good fun to chop it up with Coop. Thanks. Thanks for, for everything, Coop. Um, and, the, and that discussion we had today and obviously putting in that effort to come up with your Lakers top 10. So what I thought is maybe let's move on and let's do some quick hits, right, um, on the NBA and what's going on at the moment. Kemba Walker, I wanted to talk about him. You know he's one of my favorites. Uh, just been signed by the Dallas Mavericks. Jason Kidd hasn't run him out on the floor just yet. But can he help this team? Has he got something left in the t- tank, guys? Personally, I'm not really expecting a great deal from him. Um, I think they've... I think Kid likes to play that sort of more up-tempo sort of game, you know, the athletic sort of guys, guys like our boy Josh Green and stuff like that. Um, yeah, not expecting a great deal. I might even throw that one back to you, though, Woods. You're the big fan of Kemba there. What do you think? Definitely. He showed some shot signs with New York last year. He had a couple of good games when they had a few injuries and COVID issues and whatnot. Um, I just think that, um, look, they've got Dinwiddie and Luca there. So come down, come the stretch of the season, you know, having a third, another guard in that rotation that can hang, handle the ball. Um, and, 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 and the experience he brings to the locker room, helping guys like Josh Green out, you know, is, is, is going to be good. So I'm glad he's back in the league. Um, and, I, I agree with you. I think, yeah. um, you know, you can't rely on him to play big minutes or anything like that, which they're not going to. Um, but he can create his own shot. You know, he's a, he's a shot maker. Um, and, you know, down the stretch, you know, you never know. He's got, he, he, he could need him in, in, in certain situations. And um, as long as he's healthy, um, you know, he can, he can, he could come up in, you know, big in big moments for them. So I think, I think he's a good, a good pickup. I think he's a good teammate too, isn't he? So he's Definitely. someone who will well in that locker room. You've never heard any sort of issues with him. Yeah, he's, he, he's been saying as soon as he found out that he was going to get picked up by the Dallas Mavericks, he's watching game film, watching Mavericks games, studying how he can help the team. I mean, if a guy like Hahul Neto, Raul Neto can have a job in this league, surely Kemba Walker can, right? So glad to see him back. He's he only in his early 30s. Great pro shooting too, couldn't he, after yesterday's efforts? Yeah, definitely. 
Um, all right, moving on. I want to talk a little bit about the Pelicans. I mean, they're 17 and 8, just beat the Suns yesterday, first in the West, and they've got that next man up mentality. You've got guys like Aaron Dyson Daniels, Jose Alvarado, Larry Nance Jr., we spoke about earlier, Najee Marshall, Trey Murphy III, Devontae Graham, all these guys just stepping up. You know, you've got Brandon Ingram out injured now, CJ's been out injured, Zion's been out injured. These guys are, are for real, man, and, and I think they've, they've got a real shot going deep into the playoffs. Are they a contender this year? I reckon they are. They've clearly been well-constructed, haven't they? Like you said, anytime someone goes down, it's always that next man up. They seem to be, you know, playing as a, a team, very hungry. Um, yeah, very fun to watch. I mean, I quite enjoyed that yesterday, Zion, doing that 360 on the break, and all the carry-on by the Phoenix Suns. And obviously, God, they've got some clowns on that team, Phoenix. I mean, <clears throat> regular sort of listeners will know I'm not a big fan of Chris Paul there. Devin <laughs> Booker's highly annoying. You've just got a few guys that sort of, you know, haven't really, you know, achieved what, a lot with sort of team success and, you know, think they sort of own the league and everything like that. But what is this thing as well with people carrying on when people shooting at the end of the game? It really annoys me. What is this sort of etiquette thing? I don't get it. No. The game's you know still what? running. Such, you know, I disagree with you. Thing, honestly. I disagree it's, with you there. You know that, it's right? Different, the game's yeah. still going. It's, nah, it's, the game's over. Don't, don't run it out. Don't, don't run out. Okay, the the NBA don't take a shot. Tyler, yeah. Tyler yeah. Johnson from firing up at the end of the game when actual percentage counts in the NBL. So I don't get it anyway. But it was a nice 360 dunk. You can't deny yeah, it that. Was, it was. It was. It was. What are your thoughts on the, on the Pels? Oh, for sure. They're, they're, they're legitimate. Uh, they're super athletic. They're young. Um, you know, if they, can, if they can have their team on the floor, you know, in the playoffs, they're going to be maybe a tough out. Where did Alvarado come from, too? Where did they find this guy? Grand Theft Alvarado, man. Love the guy, right? Yeah. Um, okay, so Coops, I might as well ask you, what are your thoughts then? Okay, the game's over, right? You're up by 20. There's 15 seconds left on the clock. Are you taking a shot? Are you telling, you're, you're, you're coaching young kids. Are you telling them to take a shot? Are you telling them to dribble the clock, clock out? I, I would tell them to run the clock out, but I wouldn't, if, if, they, if they didn't, I have no issue with not, with taking a shot, to be honest with you. Um, I wouldn't take it and I would tell, like, I'd tell my team, like, don't, like, just, just, like, hold it up. Um, but I don't, I, I'm with Robbie in terms of I don't see it being, like, you know, the worst thing in the world. Like, I, I just don't, I don't see that. If, if, if the game's still going and someone puts up a shot, they put up a shot. Um, That's a fair stance. I like it. Especially if it's against a clown like Chris Paul as well, just to try and rub it in a little yeah, bit. You've and, got to do it right. And Devin Booker. Yeah. 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 All right. Moving on. Let's talk about the Hawks quickly, Robbie. I know you've got a lot to say. Why don't you tell yeah, the audience yeah. a little bit about what's been going on in, in, in Hawks land lately, right? Yeah, there's been a little bit going on, hasn't there? Obviously, you know, it's Trey Young versus uh, Coach Nate McMillan at the moment. So, look, it's obviously a little bit older news now, but obviously, you know, the Hawks sort of revealed, um, you know, early in the week, the reason that Trey didn't play um, in that game against Denver was because uh, Coach Nate McMillan gave him a choice, either participate in the shoot-around or go home for the rest of the day. So, um, Trey believed that getting rehab for a sore shoulder was more important than shooting, uh, having a shoot around. Um, so he said he wanted to play, but apparently McMillan's team rule, if you don't go to a shoot around, you don't start the game. Um, look, Nate's actually come out and refuted these comments. So there's a few conflicting stories. So it seems to me, and I know Emily will like me using this word, but someone's telling porkies, you know, someone's not telling the truth about what's actually happened here. It's a bit of a concern about obviously the leak that's come out from the team with what's going on there. Um, Look, seeing every man and his dog on podcast basically putting all the blame on Trey, I know Trey's someone that people like to hate on there. Obviously, you know, I'm a big fan of him, so I'm going to stick up for him there, but we don't know what's going on there. We also know that Nate McMillan 
He's a very old school coach there, um, very defensive orientated. He, that's the way he played his career. Um, you know, and we know obviously Trey's a star with a pretty sort of solid ego on him there. So normally those two sort of factors don't combine very well. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the Hawks are in a bit of disarray with their injuries at the moment, aren't they? I mean, obviously DeJounte's out, uh, Collins is out, Hunter's been out for a while, hopefully back soon. So this is a pretty important period for them, I guess, to weather this storm now and not you know, start falling behind too much in the standings. They're still looking right in the standings. But, yeah, it's interesting. I, you know, I know you're probably – your thoughts on that, Woods, you know, obviously with um, with Trey forcing out, um, you know, the, the previous coach and everything else like that. But yeah, like, I might yeah. go back to you, Woods. What are your sort of thoughts? Because, you know, I'm probably more going to take Trey's side. But, yeah, yeah. What, what do you I want? didn't like that interview with Trey, you know, and the reporter, you know, asking mm-hmm. questions. You know, that, that was a bad look for us, right? He was getting very defensive. Um, he's saying, look, it's nobody else's business. It's, 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 it's a private matter. Well, it's not really a private matter. Do you know what I mean? It's out in the in the, in the stratosphere. You know, mm-hmm. um, John Collins is sitting there in a boot supporting his teammates and, and things like that. So, I mean, we don't, as you said, there's two sides to the story and then there's the truth, right? <laughs> so, um, I think that he, he, he can mature a little bit and be a, bit, a better leader. Um, but at the same point, um, we don't know the whole whole story. But, yeah, it's, it's happened twice. Like, uh, Bill Simmons' podcast. So if Bill Simmons oh, has listened man. to our podcast, he probably is, you know, but he's always <laughs> been a big hater of the Hawks. One thing I didn't like that he said on that latest podcast, for those who heard it, he had Ryan Rasillo on there, he was talking about the Hawks' body language and stuff like that. That is absolute BS. I mean, I've watched every Hawks game this year, as I have for every other year they've been on. They get on well. There's no issues with team chemistry and and body language and stuff like that. So I thought that was actually a pretty lazy comment by someone like Bill Simmons, who clearly hasn't watched a lot of the Hawks this year and just kind of made that assumption there. So just thought I'd throw that out there. Look, Bill Simmons, if you're listening, you're wrong on that one. He also said he'd take Jose Alvarado ahead of Trey Young. Oh, I'm Desmond Bain, everyone else. Like yeah, he's always going to continue to hate on Trey. All right. So we'll, hopefully, um, you know, we're 13 and 13 at the moment. I think what we got, we got the Grizzlies today, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, wrong tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah. against oh, the Grizzlies. It's the Bulls tomorrow. It's the Bulls tomorrow, yeah. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can stay above 500, right? Big game tomorrow. All right, uh, let's move on to a bit of NBL talk, guys. I know um, we normally do the preview of the round and, and whatnot, but obviously it's a Sunday today. So I might just bring up the the round that's just passed and take us through it real quickly. Now you hey, we're going to talk some Wildcats, Woody. We are going to talk some Wildcats. Um, right. So as you can see on the screen... In front of you, um, the, a lot of these games have um, completed. I'm actually going today to the, the Kings Jack Jumpers game, but we'll, that first game was the top of the table clash New Zealand versus Sydney. And uh, great game, Sydney just showing that you know, with Xavier Cooks, they got a lot of depth. Um, and you know, they've gone into New Zealand twice now and won. And that's a two, two game losing streak for New Zealand after mm. your Wildcats obviously beat them, and then, then, then uh, my Kings, Robbie. So, um, enjoy that game Thursday night, definitely. Yeah, it was a good one there. Um, yeah, the Kings have certainly got it all together, don't they? Cooks continues to dominate. Um, yeah, like you said, if they are two of the better teams in the league, you know, the Kings have taken care of them in, in the, both of those games so far, which is pretty good signs for them. Yeah, definitely. Um, then Illawarra and South East Melbourne. Illawarra was fighting, you know, they're showing a bit of heart lately um, and they, they actually uh, ended up losing by 40 points, though. Um, you watched a bit of Illawarra, Illawarra this season, Coop, yeah? Actually, I actually went down to the uh, Illawarra versus Kings game, the season opener. Um, nice. Which was good atmosphere. Uh, they had a good, good crowd. So it's a, it's a smaller stadium, so it feels um, like it feels more like loud. Um, and I, yeah, I enjoyed it down there. 
yeah, they're starting to show a little bit more heart. They got their second win of the season in the previous round uh, against Melbourne. Uh, Robbie, over to you. Wildcats, great win against Adelaide. Yeah, it was impressive, wasn't it? I mean, obviously, we saw Bryce Cotton just doing what he does in that game, didn't we? But it was guys like Deshaun Thomas, um, Corey Webster was really good again in that game. So I think um, Coach really has probably got the lineups a little bit more balanced now as well. There's a lot less Jesse Wagstaff. You know, you know, we're not seeing a lot of Blanchfield like we were seeing before. But, yeah, I'm liking what we've sort of been doing in these last few games. Um, Manic's still been a little bit up and down. But, look, I think Cotton just dominated that game, didn't he? And probably showed everyone why, in my opinion, he's still the, the best player yep. in the NBL. But certainly some good signs. Obviously, we've got that Monday night game against United. So looking forward to that. United, you never quite know what you're going to get from them from night to night. But, yeah, certainly some better signs for the Wildcats. And, yeah, it's pleasing to see. Yep. Cairns versus Illawarra. Great game. Um Right double down, overtime, double overtime game. Cairns came out a bit flat, but Illawarra showing with the addition of Michael Frazier, Frazier and, and Peyton Siva. They're playing with a bit of hard. We're seeing a lot less of Tim Conrad and, and all those guys, man. So they're playing, Coach uh, Jacob's playing a nice seven-man rotation. A guy like um, Dave Verhickey has really stepped up, right? So good to see the Hawks playing with a bit of heart. Robbie? Mate, the way they're playing that game, I've actually thought I was at a, a Hills Hornets thing last night, sort of a bit of an NBL one postseason thing. And said to one of the guys, I'm going to message, you know, Coach JJ after the game if they win this because it's such a good effort. And then, oh, man, it got to the, the first overtime. They had their chances and they lost in that double overtime. So I didn't end up messaging him. I thought he might have been uh, probably not checking his phone too much. But, yeah, these wins will start to come if they keep playing this way. Yeah. And nobody on the continent can, can guard Keanu Pinder. Uh, <laughs> he's just an absolute beast. 18 and 14 again yesterday, and he's really got to be talked a little bit more about in that MVP conversation. Okay, we move it on to Melbourne United, who beat Brisbane last night. Now, Melbourne United, they're going to be a little bit more of a challenge for your Perth Wildcats on Monday because we've got Shea Ali back. We've got Isaac yep. Humphreys back from that COVID. They just look like a different team. Xavier Rath and Mays coming off the bench yesterday. 10 assists and zero turnovers in that six-man role that, it, that, that was originally supposed to be his designated role before Shea Ali's injury, uh, issues with concussion and stuff. What did you think of Melbourne United last night? Yeah, they looked good, didn't they? Tucker as well had another pretty solid game for them. But, yeah, they've yeah. got quite a bit of depth. Um, yeah, like you said, probably um, Rathan Mays coming off the bench is, is probably more suited for him in that role there. And he seemed to embrace it, obviously, with you know, the 10 assists last night. But, yeah, I'm still not 100% convinced on their, their big guy, the new guy. Um, but, you know, obviously time will sort of tell a little bit sort of how he's going to settle in there. But, yeah, you're right. They're certainly one of the better rosters in the league and they'll, they'll be in contention. And it might almost be a team like them or Perth with the way things are going and sort of sneaks into that last playoff um, spot there. So games like this on Monday night are huge. Absolutely. Marcus Lee, he's in a bit of a timeshare now with Isaac Humphreys. You notice they paid mm. 20 minutes each yesterday with Lee yep. starting and Humphreys coming off the bench. So maybe they can... Um, sort of combine and, and, and man that five spot. Okay, uh, moving on today, we've got a double header. Southeast Melbourne versus Adelaide, big game. What are your thoughts, Robbie? <clears throat> yeah, I'll probably say Southeast for that one. Just, you know, sort of like their depth a bit more. I'm still not sure with Adelaide and Brisbane as well, what they're doing. They're, you know, getting rid of imports and they're not replacing them. It just doesn't seem to make sense to me. It's got to just be a financial thing there while you sort of be doing that. But, um, well, I might throw it back to you, Woods, for the next one there. You're obviously going to that Sydney and Tassie game. Firstly, say good day to, to our man, Rashad, if you see him there. Try and, um, try and have a word to Rashad. But um, what jersey are you wearing firstly, and what are your thoughts on, on the, the matchup? Well, I've got a few. I've got my Justin Simon, i got my uh, Dwayne McLean, and i got my Xavier Cook. So I'll decide after the, we record this program, man. Give me some thoughts. Which one should I wear? 
Dwayne McLean would always be a good one, yeah. All right, I'll wear, my Dwayne, I'll wear my Dwayne McLean. Thanks, thanks, boys. Thanks, boys. Yeah, 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 I think Sydney will take care of business today. We're playing at home. It's supposed to be a really big crowd today on a Sunday because that's family-friendly time. Um, yeah. And obviously, it's a grand final rematch, so it's going to be really fun to watch. And... Hey, Wolves, I still haven't been to a game with you yet this year. It's disappointing I haven't been able to go, but I think it's the 7th of January. My Wildcats are in town, so 100% we'll be going yeah, yeah. to that game together. Let's lock it in. Let's lock it yeah. in, man, with the fam, right? All right, that's our tradition anyway. Okay, Monday, Perth versus Melbourne. Big game, as you said. Both teams jockeying for positions here. That playing spot, that fifth and sixth spot on the ladder. You know, games like this is what's going to count towards that seeding at the end of the year, right? So, yeah, Perth. I'll have to say Perth in this one, but, yeah, this could potentially be one of the, the better games of the round. I hope it is. I'm not really sure about these Monday night games. I think we've spoken a little bit about that before. Is that a 9.30 um, tip-off as well, Monday? Yeah, I think so. I think it is, yeah. Late game for a Monday night, right at nine thirty. Coops will probably be in bed by ten. I know he's a bit of a. I'm usually in bed by nine. Nine, okay. Yeah. But, no, hopefully the Wildcats can continue that run there anyway. Early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. You know, good man, <laughs> Coop. Good man, Coop. I think I know what time it is now, Woods. It is, it is, it is that time, and I know you guys, I know, I know Coops is from that era as well. We've got the 1994-95 Upper Deck Collector's Choice today for Classic Packs, Coop. Right? Amazing. All right, so we're going to do this. Being being a loyal listener of the show, Coops knows how this works. I don't have to give him any. <laughs> yeah, crisp that pack sounds as he's opening. Hey, tell us, um, tell the viewers how many packs you bought last week. By the way, oh yeah, by the way, I ordered a hundred packs for one hundred and twenty Australian dollars. So we're going to be good. We're going to be good for another hundred episodes. I got them from the US, <laughs> so they're going to might take a little while to arrive. Um, but yeah, um, I do. A mix of Cybox, hoops, Flair, Upper Deck, Tops. So if you get it for me, you're looking at 10, 15 bucks a pack. Yeah. Okay. Um, number 17, guard forward for the Houston Rockets in the 90s. Um, Mario Ellie. Mario Ellie. Give Coops a chance, man. I told you. Right, I've got a Mario Ellie Rockets jersey, by the way, in one of the cupboards, a random one. Okay. Yeah. This one's for you. Was he really blindfolded when he was dunking? Was he? Did, did the pump pumps actually work? You know, could he see the ring? Boston Celtics guard, I'm talking about. B Brown. B Brown. I think he stuck a peak too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know I love this guy. I love this guy. I've worn his jersey on my show before. Um, for some reason, he reminded me of Martin Catalini, white guy, played for the Bullets. I wore his Minnesota Timberwolves jersey. Oh, Leona. <laughs> yeah, I got that card, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, Do you remind me of Martin Catalini a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. I can see that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Son of one of your favorite p- players ever, Robbie. Okay. Okay. He, his father was a great shooter, potentially one of the best three-point shooters of all time. Played for the Indiana Pacers, had an amazing nickname, okay? Oh, that's a rifleman. Yeah. Yep, his son. Oh, uh, not his son. Oh, his, his brother. Cousin, his no, brother, I don't know, what's the relation? Wesley. Wesley, yeah, that's right. No, I don't think Wesley's his brother, isn't it? We might have to fact check that. Yeah. Fact check it for me now. All right, I'll fact check now. Yeah, Wesley person was good, wasn't he? He had a bit of time, with, obviously, with, um, yeah. And, yeah. with Cleveland as well. Um, let me see, because he's certainly a lot younger than... Than Chuck there, isn't he? Wesley LeVon person. Um, we got some personal life there. Okay, yeah, the younger brother, yeah. 
Younger brother. Okay. Okay. He's got a son as well playing um, college at the moment as well that was selected in the 2019 G League draft, which is interesting. Nice. Nice. Okay. This guy surprisingly held the record for most three-pointers in a game, if I'm not mistaken, for a, for a while. Played oh, with LeBron, yeah. LeBron yeah, James yeah, and the Cavs. Yeah. I'm talking about none other than. I'm kicking myself now. The big guy. Um, what number? Come on, Coops, you know what I'm talking about. Number 42, Timberwolves card. Played with uh, oh, um, Daniel Daniel. That was a brand. And he had that, that three-point mm. record, wasn't he? I think I've got he that did, jersey. Too. He did have the three-point record, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you had to held it for a while. Okay, we pulled this guy's card last week, okay? Um, his namesake was the leading point scorer in the 80s. Okay. Who was the leading point scorer in the 80s? Is it Alex English? Yeah, his, this is his namesake, Chicago Bulls player. Oh, this guy, I didn't know him last week. I don't know him now either. Yeah. JoJo English. Oh, JoJo. Yeah. yeah, I've heard of him, but I mean... No, nothing, That's a random one. Yeah, yeah. JoJo. <laughs> okay, we, I don't know why we've pulled these guys' cards so many times, right? He had a less than successful coaching career, um, played for the Utah Jazz, but this is an Atlanta Hawks card, okay? Tyrone Corbin. Tyrone Corbin. Uh, it's number 23. All right, I've never... I think I have heard of this guy. Guard Ford from the Hornets, number four. Um... Man, no idea. But he, he would have played with um, 94, 95, okay. I well, think David Kansas, Wesley, all that in years, number four. But number four. Hancock turned pro following his junior year at Kansas and played 17 games with the French in the French Pro B League. He was picked by Charlotte in the second round of the 1994 NBA draft. You know what it is? Oh, nothing. Darren Hancock. Wow. Darren, not not Darren, D-A-R-R-I-N. Yeah. Uh, I don't know much about him. Wow. Yeah. Interesting packs so far. Where's the superstars? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Clippers. Okay, Andrew Canyon would love this guy. Quintessential white guy. Before signing with the LA Clippers to provide backup help at center, this guy played the previous two seasons in the CBA. Okay, number 50. Um, not Joe Wolf. He looks a bit like Joe Wolf. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Matt Fish. Oh, I remember Matt Fish, yeah. The same, because my brother collected all those Clippers card, yeah. cards back in the day. Yeah, well, I remember Matt Fish. I don't think he's related to that tennis player, Marty Fish, as well. He's a bit taller. Okay, we love this guy. We love this guy on the show. Leave this one to Coop, okay? He was in that great draft alongside Jason Kidd and Grant Hill. He had that $10 million contract that, that everyone spoke about. Coming out of college, he was highly touted. His son is also in the league at the moment and had a... a re- oh, is he still in the league? He might not be in the league anymore. But yeah, he has been in the NBA very recently. Uh, this is Milwaukee Bucks card, okay? Also had a great career with the Hawks and won a championship with the Spurs later on. The first overall pick in that draft, 94 draft. Oh, that's, 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 that's first overall, 94. He would have liked a bone, I reckon. Uh, Glenn Robinson? Glenn Big, Big, Big Dog yeah. Robinson. Oh, well, I was thinking Glenn Robinson. I didn't know he was with the Hawks. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh. 
don't remember I've him got playing his, with the Hawks. I've got his jersey with the Hawks. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. 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 I was singing Glenn Robinson, and then when you said with the Hawks, that threw me off a little bit. I didn't realise that. You're right about his son, Woods. What yeah. happened to him? Obviously, won that yeah. dunk on, but haven't seen him yeah. Okay, we've got a special insert card here. Ooh. It is the Blueprint for Success card, and it's also Tom Guglielder. Oh, wow. <laughs> Who's that next to him? Is that, is that Glenn Rice? It is Glenn Rice, right next to him. Oh, nice. Miami Glenn Rice. Mm. And we have got a signed Blueprint for Success card oh, here. Right. Wow. Not, not officially signed, but it's got his signature on it. Um, this man has more kids... That anyone you know, I'm talking about none other than Dan. Or be the Rain Man, right? <laughs> Don Cam. <laughs> nice. Ooh, it, is hand, it is hand fine. That's, a, that's a cool card. Yeah. Is that actually an insert then, Woods? What's the number? Yeah, yeah, that's the collector's choice insert. Uh, that's yep. the um, blueprint for success, right? So that's how they look like on the back. We've got two of those. Right? We've got yeah. the Sean Camp and the Tom Gugliota, right? Cool. Right, well, it's been it. fun, guys. You know, really appreciate uh, you coming on today, Coop. Uh, Robbie, take it away, man. Yeah, of course. So just the usual sort of reminders where you can sort of find us there. So, um, you know, please check us out on YouTube or, you know, download the audio where you get your podcasts. Um, of course, on Twitter, you can find us at Throwbacks Hoops. Um, Instagram, we're throwback.hoops. Um, and our email address is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. So I think what he's mentioned, we might be doing a bit of a mailbag episode sort of towards that you know, Christmas, New Year period. So send us in some questions. It doesn't matter how random they are, you know, top, you know, 10, you know, whatever, something like that. What jerseys we like, anything else like that, just anything random, send it through and we'll, we'll cover it on the show. Yeah, hey, if you disagree with our top 10 Lakers, Coops and, and Robbie and mine, let us know, you know, who should okay, have been Does anyone in? think we dropped the ball not having Will Chamberlain in there or whatever your thoughts are? Let us know. Yep. And thanks for all your support on Patreon, all our subscribers. Um, this show doesn't happen without you. So really appreciate it. Coop, any final thoughts? Thanks, boys. It's been, uh, it's been good fun. Um, had a good chat and um, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it, mate. Robbie, final word? Enjoy that Kings game this afternoon, mate. Behave yourself. As I said, say good day to Rashad. And I um, should tease as well, we've got a very special guest next week. I'm not going to drop the name now, but um, it's a female player. She's played for the Opals, um, and she's a WNBL star. So please stay tuned and, and tune in next week. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Peace out.